Hello and welcome to the podcast of Tech EU. I am your host, Andrew Degler. In our today's episode, I would like to share with you an interview that uh, I recorded with Ranjan Singh, co-founder and CEO at Health Hero. I'm Ranjan Singh, and I'm CEO and co-founder of Health Hero. Right. And uh, what is Health Hero then? Health Hero is a, a digital telehealth company which puts patients and practitioners together in the most convenient fashion. So we basically bring together high quality human expertise and digital convenience. And on on the clinical or human expertise side, it's a holistic offering, day-to-day health, mental health, musculoskeletal or physical health. And, and we bring several cutting edge clinical and digital tools to bear and combine it in a way where you know, we marry experience on the patient side and efficiency on the system side. Right. And uh, do you actually work uh, directly with uh, with like, customers, with patients? Is it like an app that I can download uh, from uh, from App Store? Yes, you can. It's basically, uh, we are a pan-European business. So our business model is tailored to every market that we operate in. So in France, for example, our business is predominantly B2C, and that's where you have an app uh, of a French business, which is, uh, you know, of course, highly rated 4.9 and, and stuff. So you can download it, you can play with it. In uh, UK and Ireland, our, uh, our business is predominantly B2B and B2G. Uh, we serve the NHS and we serve uh, insurance and corporate clients. So that's where the access is through those uh, those companies. So you wouldn't, you know, it's powered by Health Hero, uh, but we're not a B2C business in, in UK. So it's like a white label sort of solution that you offer? Correct, correct. It's just, uh, more complicated than that. We, yeah. you know, for, for strategic uh, players, we bespoke it. We really go into being systemic, uh, you know, to, to how healthcare is delivered. So, yeah. Right. And how about yourself personally? So we, before we started recording, you said that you used to run uh, Expedia. And uh, so what? Uh, so how did the leap come uh, from uh, running a um, travel tech uh, uh, company to founding a health tech one? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, I've gone through a scenic route, let's say, to, to, to get here, right? <laughs> so basically, my experience is uh, building, scaling, and investing in digital businesses for about 25 years now. Uh, and in terms of, uh, you know, my roles, I've been an executive, I've been uh, an entrepreneur a couple of times before this, uh, and, and I've, been, I've been a private equity investor as well. And in terms of in terms of sector, it's been travel, as uh, you pointed out, uh, a bit in retail and banking before I moved into healthcare. Now, at the face of it, there is little in common in these sectors, but the underlying theme is that all of these sectors are massive, massive industries transformed uh, fundamentally by digital. So, so there is that connecting theme. How I got into healthcare is uh, after after exiting my online travel business, uh, I joined a private equity firm with uh, interests in uh, retail banking and healthcare. And that's where I went through the different verticals and, and I was uh, building the digital health vertical for them. Uh, and, and that's where my journey started in healthcare about seven years back. Right. And then you founded Health Hero or, or was it again more cynic than that? Uh, no, I, uh, I did. It was slightly more straightforward. In 2019, after having uh, uh, done the previous uh, uh, digital health vertical, which was in a different geography in, in Europe and bringing it to a logical conclusion, I 
uh, I mean, moved back. I was always physically located in London and uh, then joined hands with uh, Markol, which is a private equity firm and uh, founded Health Hero. That's where we are. We are a young company. We are a two years old, uh, old company, but already at the pole position in Europe in terms of a scale and, uh, and, and people that we cover. So, and which countries are you active in? So we are in four countries, um, Andrei, UK, Ireland, France, and Germany. Right. And so that's by definition not pan-European, I have to mention, because pan-European by definition is uh, something that ha- that is applicable to most of European countries, which healthier is not. You're right. But in terms of, uh, there are two things I would say. A, that, uh, you know, uh, we started only two, uh, two years back, uh, and it's, it's a journey. Two, we are, despite that, the most geographically diverse company of a scale in Europe. So we we are uh, we have very good uh, coverage in in these countries that we are. We're not reliant ninety percent plus on one market or on one channel. So we are the most diverse across B two B, B two C, and B two G. Almost equal weightage and uh, uh, business. Uh, you know, we as I said, we are not uh, overly reliant on one market. So even in the short time, we have done better than anyone else of of a scale in in Europe. And as I said, it's a journey. We are uh, continuing to expand, expand rapidly across. So stay tuned. You will, uh, even in your books, will be properly pan-European uh, very soon. Right. I, I think we are in all key markets anyway. Right. So uh, why uh, why these countries actually? Was it like a coincidental or was it something that you planned from the beginning that you go to these countries first and then uh, keep moving? But no, it, it was planned. Uh, look, uh, I'm a big fan uh, of, of a very simple formula that has served well uh, to me in my business life, which is I try to maximize the impact into feasibility multiplier, okay? You know, yes, there are numerous other com- uh, countries that I could be present in. It's feasible because regulation and digital adoption is good, but those are tiny companies with, uh, you know, single-digit million uh, inhabitants, and it scores very low on impact. So as you would see, UK and Ireland, which is where the company was founded and started, we are by far number one in in our UK uh, and Ireland business. Uh, Ireland would be probably ten times bigger than the next uh, competition. Uh, UK, our UK revenue itself is bigger than Babylon in in UK. France, we are significantly ahead, if not double, uh, of the competition in the virtual clinic segment that we are uh, competition being Libby there. And in Germany, we are, uh, there is a smattering of small players yet. There is no dominant runaway leader, and uh, we are one of the several players in, in Germany. So these markets combine that size, uh, scale, and also uh, the timing in terms of, you know, uh, regulation and how healthcare is moving and stuff. So that's why that's why we moved, moved here. There are other European markets of size in terms of population and healthcare spend, uh, which are big. But the digital adoption and regulation is slightly far behind, uh, slightly behind. The ones that changes, we are keeping we're keeping an eye on it. Once that changes, we are ready to ready to enter. Right. And when you are saying uh, when you're putting uh, uh, all these uh, like uh, leadership uh, numbers uh, in different countries, so what exactly are you measuring? So do you like what's your focus metric? Is it revenue? Is it the number of uh, patients that use your app? Is it something else? How do you measure yourself? It's not fluffy. It's revenue. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, so you just, so you just yeah. go with revenue, and and of course, uh, you know, not all companies make their revenue public. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we are uh, so, so we don't know exactly what that we know our revenues, and uh, then we use some proxies in terms of, uh, you know, uh, traffic, the traction, and then you know the online tools that uh, that you could use to gauge that, and we see how we are tracking uh, in in terms of uh, you know share of uh, share of the sector. Interesting. And uh, how did you decide uh, sort of which way you uh, want to go in each market, whether you go to uh, B2C or B2B or B2G? Andrew, that's a really important question. And that is the fundamental difference in how we've approached the market versus uh, anyone else doing it. So when I started uh, uh, Health Hero two years back, I've been through experience in other sectors and directly building a digital health business uh, for five years prior to that and seeing other companies' journeys in digital health and how they pivoted to before they found the business model. One thing was very, very clear, right? Or two things. A, that you have to be, you have to solve systemic issues to build a company of a scale, okay? Uh, so not just on the consumer side, but you have to solve for uh, efficiency and capacity on the system side as well. Lack of capacity is a chronic issue and the systems are not very efficient. Now, to do that properly, you need a huge amount of investment, uh, which we are making and we've made so far. To have that investment in ROI, you need a scale. And to have a scale in Europe, you need to be in multiple markets. Now, that's where, how do you be in those multiple markets where every market is differently regulated, differently structured, and how do you build a company of a scale? And that's where our strategic M&A-led approach comes in, okay? So we are not saying that, hey, this is our approach and business model, and no matter what, this is what, we are a B2C company or we are a XYZ company, and this is what we'll do in every market, Okay. So what we've done is we have acquired best in breed players in every single market we've gone in who live and breathe that uh, market and territory, have this in their DNA, have built their business around it. And then we bring the power of platform onto those businesses. So as a result, this works as a force multiplier that they can really outcompete the local competition incumbent, uh, benefiting from the scale and investment that we've been making. At the same time, they have the business model, which uh, is really gold standard for that particular market. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, uh, since we started talking about uh, this uh, M&A uh, approach, so yeah, if you do uh, like a normal news research uh, on Health Hero, you see all oh, this uh, series of uh, acquisitions of Dr. Ling and Fernat and my clinic and care in France and so on. So uh, first of all, uh, did you did you have to raise funding to uh, uh, get uh, get all, to, to purchase all these companies, or did you approach it uh, somehow differently? No, we we uh, obviously need funds and uh, have raised funds. As I said, we are backed uh, by a corner store investor, Marcall, uh, which is a private equity firm with deep experience in healthcare, and and we've been lucky to have have their backing. And uh, yeah, so far uh, that's that's been the funding that we've deployed. Should we expect more? M and A news. Yeah, look, that uh, the short answer is yes. Um, <laughs> that is uh, uh, that is a core DNA 
differentiator, but uh, we're also super focused on growing our organic business, which is uh, which is showing triple-digit annualized growth. Which uh, you know, from 22 from 21, uh, we should double it, and and further similar growth going forward. So organic business is strong and robust, but we're always looking to augment our our business, whether it's geographical expansion or whether it is offering along the care spectrum. Right. So we are going to be back to Europe in a minute because I'm really interested in uh, uh, your experience with uh, different markets. But before that, a slow, uh, a quick detour uh, about the US. Are you actually looking at that market? If yes, uh, how do you want to approach it? If not, why? Because I'm seeing uh, that uh, some of the European players are actually more active, let's say, in expanding uh, in that direction. So what's your take on it? We are completely focused currently on, on Europe. Right, we want to be the undisputed European champion. Okay, uh, European market is growing two and a half times as fast as North America in telehealth. While the market is small today, it's going to be at least as big, if not bigger, in near future uh, compared to North America. Yeah, so that is a very, very exciting place to be. So we see ourselves as the pole position, the leading player in uh, Europe, which is a large and the most exciting market in terms of growth. And this is where we are, we are focused on in building a scale. Now, what it allows us to also do that is hard to do, right? Every market is different. It's not, you're not seamlessly steamrolling your business model across uh, everywhere, but that is what makes it incredibly valuable to make a cohesive business with, uh, you know, one culture, one platform in a pan-European setting puts us in a very strong position to roll out globally as well, uh, which, uh, you know, let's say um, the U.S. businesses with more or less homogenous, I mean, there are differences between different states there as well, uh, market, uh, you know, when they roll out into completely exotic, new, big, exciting markets, I mean, I, I feel we'll be much better placed than any anyone else to do it. So near future, Europe, later on, I'm not in the business of predicting the future, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Right. right. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, back to Europe then. Uh, you're focused on these uh, markets, so I expect and I hope that you uh, know more about them uh, than uh, most of the people uh, who listen to our podcast. So well, I hope so uh, too. But <laughs> so how do, you, how, do you generally, how do you generally see the landscape of uh, telehealth uh, and digital health in a more wider sense uh, uh, across Europe? Uh, what's your... Uh, what's What's your viewpoint, let's say? Look, our, it's, it's a broad question, so I'm trying to frame it in my in my mind how best best to answer it. Look, we see the evolution of uh, uh, telehealth in Europe in different waves, right? The first wave was healthcare 1.0, five, seven, eight years back, when people saw this really exciting opportunity of this big sector could be transformed by digital and jumped in and digitized one component of the entire pathway. So they digitized appointment booking or they digitized the consultation element. And that is where uh, everyone claimed to be disrupting healthcare. Now, that's never a good claim to make, I mean, uh, but definitely not when all you're doing is putting two people on video, right? Um, so it was a bit more convenient for the patient, for sure, but it did not do anything fundamentally to uh, make the healthcare system better and more efficient, right? The doctor still took 10 to 12 minutes or 15 to consult with the patients. 
Um, that's just one example. Second wave came as, uh, uh, you know, uh, healthcare 2.0. By the way, 80% of people still are 1.0 and, and uh, they, they think they're in digital health, right? Second wave 2.0, when some players said that we are providing an end-to-end holistic solution. But what they were actually doing was digitizing the end-to-end existing pathway. So existing inefficiencies and archaic nature of it remained, but it was be- being delivered digitally. Better for the patient, a slightly, uh, slight impact on the health systems, but nothing major. What we are doing is what I call health 3.0, which is fundamentally on the patient side, providing better experience and more consistent outcome. And I'll explain a bit if you're interested as how we're doing it. And on the system side, tackling the core issues of lack of doctors or capacity, 250,000 or so doctors short in Europe alone. And also this whole thing, which makes the entire capacity issue even worse or cost issue worse, is the inefficient process. Why should a chronic patient who all they need, they know exactly what they need, a repeat prescription, still have to book an appointment and go and see a doctor and uh, you know take 10 minutes of doctor's time and two hours of three hours of their time and all the hassle just to get a prescription, right? Is a better way. We do that in one minute of doctor's time, right? By using amazingly smart tools, decision support for doctors, and it's super convenient for patients because all they do need to do is fill an asynchronous questionnaire uh, in, in, in their leisure time whenever they have, right? That's one example. Second is, um, again, um, different modes of communication that uh, why should I force a young mother with a crying baby to get on a video and then point a shaky camera at the baby and show a skin rash? I mean, take a picture, send it on a live chat and get your answers as you're getting on with your business, right? So, uh, and I'm just giving you a, a few examples. We bring medical-grade tools of online triage, for example, right? Where anyone who doesn't need to see a doctor shouldn't see a doctor, and their mind should be put to rest. And we save about 34% of uh, visits to NHS surgeries for surgeries who use us, right? Um, so all of those things combine the clinical tools and the communication tools combined on a platform uh, that orchestrates uh, the best combination, combined with the real gold standard clinical service. We are the only company in UK, for example, to be given outstanding by CQC two years in a row. Combining that gold standard service with cutting edge tech and digital, we marry experience and efficiency. That's how we do it. We, and we make a real impact on patients' lives and healthcare systems. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And now back to the to the question of the landscape. So, what do you see elsewhere? What do you what do you see going on like across Europe? Right. I might have misunderstood the question. So, uh, or or I will I will summarize uh, the answer to that. So, I I think the landscape will emerge from players who are systemic to delivering you know efficiency and experience uh, will be the ones to scale. Now, how is the landscape emerging? Right. There is a maturity curve in uh, in in Europe where countries like, let's say, Sweden and Switzerland or, or Scandinavian Nordics in general and in Switzerland are quite mature in terms of adopting more efficient ways of delivering healthcare. This is followed by UK, uh, you know, not quite up there, but at a, doing it at a scale, doing it very well uh, in, in a big uh, country setting rather. And France has covered a lot of, lot of ground so if you look at the curve, curve would be, you know, the countries, top countries here. In the middle is UK, 
followed by France. And then Germany has a lot of promise. I mean, of course, the Digital Care Act that came about in uh, a couple of years back is very, very promising. But still, there is key pieces of infrastructure which are put in place. So I expect once that is done, that Germany will boom as well. Other key countries are uh, are lagging behind, so that's that's my kind of uh, you know uh, S curve, if you will, in in terms of uh, the landscape emerging. But the key issue, uh, Andrew, is that you know unless there has to be, there is no, it's inevitable. There is no other way. There has to be a more efficient way of delivering healthcare. Otherwise, how do you deal with the cost and capacity issues? So countries across Europe will have to adopt smarter ways. Will have to work with players who can help them accelerate and take them on this journey. That's how I see it. Right. And uh, the countries that are lagging behind in terms of digitalization of uh, their health tech uh, services, so those would include, for example, the country that I live in, Netherlands, uh, and a lot of other countries that are also smaller. What's the reason for this? Is that because uh, uh, the regulations aren't right? Is that because there is no will uh, from within the country? Or is that because uh, most of the players are basically focusing on these uh, uh, four or five largest uh, markets and don't necessarily come into come into these smaller countries? Yeah, look, um, when I was referring to, okay, Netherlands, I, I know only a little bit, not, not as uh, deeply that I should. I think Benelux is, in, in general, is a market which... Uh, which is more advanced than than others. What I was referring to is Italy and Spain, for example, as two large markets are are lagging behind in in regulation uh, and and digital health adoption. Those markets. Netherlands is uh, is is further ahead, but I would have expected the Netherlands, given typically how digitally savvy the country is and how favorable the regulation has been, to set the standards and benchmark in in digital health. I don't know why that has not happened. I haven't studied the market deeply enough. But I mean, it just seems like most of the players, like the uh, more active, larger European players, like yourselves, but also uh, Crew or Babylon, uh, like no one, no one is interested in going into these uh, smaller markets at all. Go back to my formula of impacts into feasibility, yeah, Andre. I, right? I understand. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, look. Delivering healthcare is hard, right? You have to really deeply understand the markets to comply with the various regulations. You've got obviously a clinical service to deliver, which is really important to get it right. Um, so, irrespective of the size of the market, it requires an incredible effort to to enter, and 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 that is why big players like ourselves, and I'm not surprised, are focused on. Uh, the markets which maximize impact and feasibility, but uh, yeah, let's let's see how how it evolves and uh, you know uh, ultimately given our approach, which is a strategic M and A based approach. Uh, I mean, we'll uh, we'll see what's what's the right time to to enter and bring our model to these these markets. Do you think uh, this M and A led approach is the most um, viable? way to actually build a European-wide uh, uh, platform. Absolutely. That is the only plausible way to do it. You And, and the proof is in the pudding. You, uh, Without taking names, I mean, there are some really big names who've raised uh, hundreds of millions, uh, you know, in, in, in funding, but their business is still 90% one market, 90% one channel, and they're struggling to replicate that model outside of the core markets, right? 
and and uh, you know we have done it in a supremely capital efficient way i i uh, outline our presence in different markets and the scale in different markets and we've done it super successfully it's it's hard to change the dna of a company right so if you have uh, one kind of model and one approach and everything else just taking that as a cookie cutter in a different market which may work very uh, you know drastically differently doesn't work and uh, it, the proof is out there so yeah i i am deeply convinced that that's the approach and we internally think about the world as uh, in europe as uh, uh, 70 30 there is 70% things which can you can do common and 30% of that is nuanced and tailored to the local markets we serve and that's how we built our platform um so this is uh, is is not only a collection of of different business there is a lot of sense in having this this approach because you are still bringing a lot of efficiency and synergies across right so uh we are almost at the end of the conversation and uh, so it looks like you've got your uh, strategy figured out and it's been working for you so far which is great uh what are your challenges still what is it that you are trying to solve uh, right now great question look i'm really how do we balance my my challenge how do we balance this speed to market there is almost a land grab in digital health at the minute while maintaining high quality execution and capital efficiency right at a big level that's that's where uh, you know uh, i make a mental trade off uh, on a weekly monthly basis right it's very easy to throw in a lot of money and expand but to build a sustainable business of scale in digital health in in europe requires a slightly more nuanced approach and and that is where that's that's the balance i'm trying to strike that's the challenge right understood ranjan thank you so much uh, for this conversation thanks a lot for uh, joining this episode of the uh, podcast thank you for your insight on the european health tech market and good luck with everything you're uh, doing with the health hero we are looking forward to getting your uh, new press releases awesome and i really enjoyed our our, our chat and and look forward to talk soon And this is it for our today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts and if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Our audio engineer is done by SoundPulse that is sound-pulse.com. Your questions, suggestions and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast@tech.eu. This was Tech EU podcast. I am Andrew Dailer and I will talk to you again very soon. For now, take care and enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye.